Hello and welcome to The Evolution of You, the podcast dedicated to helping you design, create, and live the life you love by helping you to navigate your blind spots, identify your limiting beliefs, and transform them in new ways to get access to new ways of being, new results, and ultimately a new life for yourself. Now, one of the keys we're going to get into today and talk about is the basic fundamentals, the principles for effective reality creation and manifestation. Now, there's there's tons of thought leaders in the space. You guys, if you're listening to this, you might be familiar with Abraham Hicks or Abraham and Esther Hicks. You've probably heard of uh, Eckhart Tolle, who doesn't go into this so much. His his thing is mainly just about the presence of, uh, you know, when you get present, you're just, <laughs> you're just there like that. And uh, then you have others, Bob Proctor, Napoleon Hill. Q and a law of attraction. I'm going to take a holistic approach to manifestation. So we're going to talk about spiritual laws of the universe. You know, we're going to dabble in physics. We're going to go into quantum physics. We're going to talk about spirituality as a whole. We're going to talk about what it is to live the life you love. <laughs> we're going to talk about language and how it's such a critical factor in effective, in space effective reality creation. I think that's a great place to start because if you're feeling cooped up <laughs> like I am around COVID-19 and the shelter in place, especially if you're with other people, you're probably realizing there's a lot of things you'd like to say that you're not saying. And while that, that could be great or good for you, the other thing to notice is like, what is the overall quality of that dialogue? Because one of the fundamental laws of the universe is called the law of vibration. So that's the spiritual name of it. Um, from a physics perspective, it's this idea that all particles are made of energy and all particles move at a certain frequency, certain rate, and depending on how they quickly or slowly they move determines whether they're a liquid, a gas, a solid, or some other form of energy, light, UV, etc. And... I say UV just in a sense of like, like UV isn't necessarily seen as a gas and it's something that exists. So the law of vibration from a spiritual point of view is really simply all things are made of energy. Energy vibrates. And in order for you to physically experience something that's vibrating at a certain frequency. So for example, love is vibrating at a very high frequency, right? High level of energy for you to have a lot of love in your life. You as the point of attraction, this is where the law of attraction comes into play. You as the receiver have to be giving off lots of love because otherwise it's incompatible for you to receive anything other than what you're putting off. And this is, where it could start sounding really interesting, callous, if you will, I'm a proponent of total responsibility, meaning everything that occurs in my life, for example, my roommate just walked in the door and he happens to have a voice that carries. So is there a chance that you guys will hear right while we're confined? <laughs> is there a chance that you guys will hear his voice on this recording? Absolutely. There's a chance that that could occur. I'm very much open to the possibility that you guys don't hear a thing and I'm just talking about this for really what turns out to be no apparent reason. 
So now what happens though is if we look at this through the law of attraction, there's a piece of me that's resistant to living with him because, right, there's a part of me that's like, man, he's always loud, et cetera, right? That could be a thing, right? There's some part of me that believes that even if a greater part of me thinks like this is a nice place to live, there's a part of me that thinks like, man, he has terrible timing and he's inconsiderate. (laughs) And so when I look at that, it makes total sense that he would walk in on speakerphone talking to someone while I'm recording a podcast because that aligns with my view of him that he's inconsiderate and loud and that I don't really want to be here. And so I'm putting out an emotional thing that's attracting that very response that I would prefer not to have into my life. And so the way to view it is like, man, I'm really grateful that I get to spend you know, this time getting to know him. I'm really grateful that I have a a place to live with a roof over my head. I'm really grateful that he speaks his mind so freely. (laughs) I'm really grateful that he has all these people to connect with and communicate with because otherwise it'd be a lot for me to, to try to take on and be his only source of communication, right? So there's so much to be grateful for in that space. And if I look at that space, it just becomes, honestly, whatever noise he's making fades the background. I'm like, oh my God, it's just Brent being amazing. It's great. And so it's, it's a shift in perspective and a shift in my emotions that viscerally dictates the quality of my experience in life physically, right? Because my physical body will have a physical experience and reaction. Physiologically, there will be a response. If I'm feeling happy, I'll feel light. I'll feel at ease. I'll be creative. I'll be funny. I might even crack a joke on here. How'd it land? <laughs> And whereas if, you know, I stay in that space of resistance and tense, I'm just the whole time I'm going to be focusing more on what I'm hearing and less on what is coming through me to get said. So I'm going to go to the space. I'm really grateful he has someone to talk to that's other than me. (laughs) I'm really grateful that I have a roof over my head. I'm really grateful that this microphone's really good. And chances are you're probably going to hear very little of whatever background noise is there. And I'm really grateful for your compassion and understanding and the fact that we're confined or shelter in place in a sense to what's going on. And we got to work with what we got to work with through this time. So a conscious reality creator does not resist reality. They acknowledge their responsibility, their role in attracting it, such as I did a moment ago saying, you know, I was resisting Brent barging in. What does he do? He barged in. So if I can turn around and say, Brent barge in, I love that. <laughs> then it's wonderful because there's no expectation dashed and it doesn't throw off my emotional point of attraction which is the most important thing when it comes to creating the life you love. So emotions, energy in motion. So string theory in physics is this notion that at the core of all life are these vibrating strings of energy. And much like an electrical current, there's a current that goes through and the current will dictate how that string arranges itself and how the strings arrange themselves, dictate what subatomic particles show up The subatomic particles, how they arrange themselves, dictate the atomic arrangement. So the atomic arrangement dictates the elements that show up, and the elements of a physical thing dictate the physical thing. Like steel has a certain elemental composition. Granite has a certain elemental composition. So there's this current at the base of all who we are that, depending on the arrangement of it, is going to dictate how physical reality shows up for us. And I'll offer that the law of vibration 
which says, you know, energy and motion. Emotions are energy and motion. The emotions are that current that dictates the arrangement of your physical life. And you can experience this in the sense of if you've ever been caught in the rain, if you happen to like the rain, you're going to find it to be an enjoyable experience. If you dislike the rain and you get caught in the rain, you're going to be miserable. Now, it's the same experience. The only difference is your point of view. And so your point of view dictates your emotional response and your emotion dictates the quality of your experience. And so the biggest thing in being a conscious reality creator is we're going through this process to learn how to design, create, and live a life we love moment to moment to moment to moment, which means non-attachment to outcomes, which means it could call for a lot of courage. I've done a lot of things that in the past I wouldn't have done because I would have been too afraid to either uh, expose myself emotionally, like being vulnerable, exposing my insecurities, or I would have been afraid to upset somebody or I would have been afraid to, to any of those things. And something that showed up for me in the language and the neuroscience is like, and I, I, someone said this at a conference I went to, David Bayer, he said, how arrogant would I be? to think I'm such a powerful being that I get to make you be angry at anything I say. How arrogant is that? And I thought that was such a lovely way to articulate it because it's true. The radical responsibility I speak to is one of you're doing whatever it is you're doing because you think it's the best thing to do at the time. Like there's a piece of you that whatever it is you do and the psychology bears this out, absolutely believes that that's the best decision to make at the current time. Now we could have a discussion about whether you're in the reptilian brain, the fight, flight, freeze response, or more the creative space, and that's another discussion. Regardless of what space of brain you're in, you think it's the best decision. So you're doing the best you can. That's the starting point. I make the assumption that whatever you think you're doing, you think is the best thing for you. Saying, okay. So even if you happen to do something that I find myself getting upset in the face of, I'm very specific in the language there because you're doing a thing and I'm witnessing it, right? I'm, there's a sound wave hitting my eardrum. There's visual stuff coming through my eyes. There's feelings and senses. And that raw data is getting filtered through my brain. And then about 20 to 30 seconds later, my brain actually processes it into the conversation. So we're actually living in a slight delay, by the way. Like, it's very rare that you experience things exactly as they're happening. And the science bears this out. So you're actually kind of living in the past, <laughs> which is really interesting. And that's why in the present moment, you're just sort of the witnessing observer because you get that who you are is the space in which it occurs. And you become non-attached to the occurring of it. Okay. I think that was enough time for that to land the way I'd like it to. <laughs> And so what you're, you're seeking to go for here is the space of as if you're living in this simulated environment. You can think of it like the matrix because it kind of is. And obviously you'd like to enjoy the simulation, right? Obviously you'd like to enjoy this life experience. And so this is where you'll hear some quantum physicists talk about a holographic reality. This is the reference. In Buddhists, they talk about the illusion, right? And <laughs> believing the illusion is what causes suffering. So 
I'm getting a little off topic here. Let me bring it back to the fundamentals of reality creation, which is language, emotion, imagination, right? Those are, and we'll call it clarity, so peace of mind. Being in a creative state of being as opposed to a reactive one, so total responsibility. Those are your pillars. And now when I say responsibility, when I was growing up, that had a sense of duty and obligation to it. And when I went through a 12-step program in AA a couple of years ago, what came out of that was by taking total responsibility, I'm quote-unquote keeping my side of the street clean, um, I am free to enjoy every component of my life in any given moment. So I might say something that I think will lead to us having a great business partnership, and it doesn't. Great. I learned that that's not right. That isn't what worked for you. Perfect. And people say, well, what happened? I say, well, I said this thing, and they said they had no preference to work with me. I said, oh, that's great. And then they ask why, and I could go into the reasons why, but at the core of it, this is what it's staying present means. I said this thing, and this happened. Boom. That's it. And then you can ask, well, did I enjoy that? You can say, yes or no. <laughs> and if the answer is, is, you know, I would have preferred something else happen, well, then you say, okay, so what is the lesson that I learned? Is it call for clear communication? Is it that I'd like to attract someone with a different, you know, perspective that more closely aligns to my own? Right? How does that play? And that's where the clarity component comes in. So I'm going to take one step back and bring it to the language because most people talk in terms of what they want, especially when it comes to reality creation. And you'll hear Esther and Abraham Hicks say this all the time. It's like, you got to know what you want. And want by definition is the lack of. So whenever you go around saying what you want, you're reinforcing the fact that you actually lack it, that you do not currently have it. So as a conscious reality creator, that's I'd offer is a really ineffective way to communicate about what you prefer to occur. Notice how I said prefer to occur because a preference is different from a want and it implies non-attachment. You're saying I'm open and I prefer this happens. I'm open and I prefer this happens. I'm open and I prefer this happens. And the preference doesn't imply a lack of. In fact, you're actually stating I really prefer and enjoy this type of experience unfolding. And so if you're saying, well, how do I make an intention? And so for those of you who are just getting introduced to reality creation and manifestation, intention is the tool that does this for you. So you have subconscious intentions like, you know, if you have a fear of running out of money, you have an intention to have money. If you have a fear of being alone, you have an intention of being with somebody, right? This is how this plays. This is how you can get clarity. And so then the question becomes, are you taking control consciously of your intentions or are you letting your unconscious reactions to the environment dictate what you're asking for? For a lot of people, it's the latter. The shift in our society is going to come when people embrace our full power of being conscious reality creators and say, I'm going to set up a series of conscious intentions that say, I prefer to be connected, vitalized, energetic, enthused, and love what I do. Hmm. <laughs> what a great intention. And then for myself, you heard me kind of giggle there, right? So there's so much resonance for me with that intention to bring it back to the law of vibration. My emotions are in such strong alignment with that, that it's already what's here for me. It's already come true for me. 
Now, when I first started this work about three years ago, if I had said something like that, I probably would have come up with some sort of resistant thought. Meaning, whenever you have an intention, the law of polarity, yin and yang, is, you know, you have an intention, there's the opposite. So if you have an intention to have money, the opposite is not having money. So if you're resisting not having money, then you're fueling because what you focus on expands, you're fueling not having money as opposed to if you're non-resistant to anything, you can have everything because there's no emotional barriers to you being in a frequency in sync. Synchronicity is what people call this a miracle, harmony, string theory, vibrational alignment with what's real. So if you have no resistance, you can tune your emotions into the reality you prefer in very short order, it will come to you. It will show up for you. And the beautiful thing is you start to realize at first you start manifesting physical things because you think that's really cool. You're like, oh, I'm going to manifest this car. I'm going to manifest this. I'm going to manifest this. I'm going to manifest this. And you have success with that. And you realize what's most important is actually how you feel about what you're manifesting. So for example, when I first came across this work, I had been making about $50,000 a year. And within the next 12 months, I had made 130000 and I had set an intention that says I allow myself to earn over $100,000 this year with ease. That was the intention. And as soon as I said it, I was like, woo, <laughs> resonance. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I say that like it took me a th- few times going through, right, releasing emotional blocks. Um, but very quickly within about three week span, I was able to get to this place of like, oh, yeah, this intention is coming true for me. It might have even been faster. It could have occurred the same day. Um it was really cool to experience that. And what happened is because my emotions were coming from a place of insecurity. So I made that intention with the thing of like, this would be cool because I thought once I had money, I'd be happy. And so when I got the money, because it was coming from a place of unhappiness, that intention, I created it out of there was no real happiness that came with the manifestation of having all that money. And so that led to this whole experience of, so I had the health, the money, friends, living in the place that I enjoyed for the most part. Um, And if I had chosen to, I could have been dating somebody. But at that time I had chosen to be single or self-partnered as Emma Watson calls it. (laughs) And... I say that just in the sense of the next step for me then was to bottom out and that I went, that was when I I quit my job in the tech company because of miscommunication and some really circumstances that I just didn't have the emotional wherewithal to deal with at that time. And I spent the next two months attempting to do work as a personal trainer, realized really quickly that uh, you're an ineffective personal trainer when you're staying up drinking till three in the morning and getting up at four 30 to go do a workout for somebody at six. That's just not an effective way to live. <laughs> and so I quit that after about two weeks and then I spent the next six months going through the 12 step program, which is, I'm really grateful for. And what I came out of that six months where I wasn't working and thankfully I had the money I had earned. It was such a gift because it allowed me to take that six months to get clean without having to work. I enjoyed being alive. 
I learned what it was like to enjoy being alive for no other reason than I was alive. And I learned to start reconnecting with people. I'd go into coffee shops and just talk with strangers because it's like, I wasn't going to work. I had nothing else to do. And it was really cool to connect with people and fun to talk to people. It was like, oh my God, there's so many great people in the world. And I thought they had been missing and they weren't. I just wasn't seeing them because I was in such a dark, lonely place inside. So I wasn't attracting into my physical space the people who would be open to having a conversation in the first place. And so when I went through that six months, I was like, oh my God, life is such a gift. And I didn't need to prove anything to be alive. Like I was alive. So many people attach their identities to their work. Like, hey, what do you do? What do you do? And what I realized is like who I was was different from what I did. Who I was was different from my job title or description on a very profound level. And who I was was even different than an alcoholic. Because that's the label too. And so part of, you know, the Buddhist way and, and reality creation is non-attachment, meaning you're free from labels. So what I'm really clear on now is that I have no desire to drink alcohol ever again. <laughs> because I love the clarity of mind and emotional dexterity that comes with having a crisp, right, sound mind, intelligence, right? No fogginess, no hangovers, I can sleep for four hours a day and have this level of vitality. It's wonderful. Now I can sleep for eight hours a day and have this level of vitality. That's wonderful too. I'm not recommending you go four hours of sleep. I'm just saying these are things that are possible for you. And so this is the first thing about non-attachment and reality creation is you got to free, you got to give yourself permission to be happy just being alive. That is the most powerful space to be in. If you can be in that space, you will live a blissful life for the rest of your life. If you literally can just be happy being alive, life will keep giving you reasons to be happy. And then it, like, you might ask, well, what are, those, what are the things that will show up? And it's like, I don't know, but you'll be happy about them. Isn't that great? Isn't that the whole point of this life is to enjoy your experience? And then you could get clear and look, well, I'd really enjoy having lots of money. Okay, great. So as long as you stay happy and that's what you enjoy, life will give it to you in perfect timing. Because that's the way it works. Now what happens is most people, they start making affirmations that they don't really believe. And if you don't believe something and you keep repeating it, you're actually reinforcing the fact you don't believe it. Make sense? So affirmations by themselves are really ineffective. And this is where the language comes into play. So I'll give you the structure of an effective intention as it occurs to me. And then what you can do to eliminate or identify potential limiting beliefs. And I'll give you a couple exercises to work through it. And that will kind of round out this episode of the podcast. So first thing is to understand you are responsible for everything that's showing up in your life on some level. Unconsciously or consciously. And if that seems like a lot to take on. Um, I totally get it. I'll offer like, I, you know, at age five my retina detached in the left eye. So there's no, there's no physical faculty of sight coming in through that eye, right? That eye went like, I haven't, I've seen only from the right eye for the last 24 years. <laughs> so I've dealt with some physical experiences and I've taken responsibility for them. And it's difference between responsibility and fault. So if you've been say, um, abused or, someone like some like there's someone close to you has uh it's not like there's things that happen right like there's some emotional things that happen like people could like i don't so again i'm focusing on that which we prefer which is graceful blissful enjoyable and we're not a we're not blind to the alternative 
right? We understand that if there is light, the dark exists. And we're in the business of transforming the dark <coughs> into the light. As I sneeze, we're in the business of transforming the dark into the light. And I'm going to keep the sneeze on there because it's authentic, right? And that's a little touch for you guys. Mwah. And, uh, right, some of you are going to be like wearing headphones. You'll be like, oh, he sneezed in my ear. And be like, you are so welcome. God bless you. Um, and so radical responsibility might seem overwhelming for some people at first. So I just say, if there's an area of your life where you realize it isn't working for you, be it your health, your relationships, your career, your finances, um, your friendships, start there. Just say, I am willing to take total responsibility for all of the experience that I currently have in this area. Start there. And then go to the space of what would it look like if I knew that I was the one attracting all of this? And then what would I like to attract instead? So that's how you get clarity. And then when you create an intention, instead of saying, I want this to happen, I offer, say, something to the effect of, I prefer to have loving friendships. I allow myself to enjoy receiving $8,000 a month in income with ease. I allow myself to receive $15,000 a month in passive income. I allow myself to start a multi-million dollar company. I allow myself to get 100,000 YouTube followers. I allow myself to get 40 billion rupees by X date, right? You pick. I allow myself to be the next Jeff Bezos and say, I wouldn't aim to be the next Jeff Bezos, but like you could say, I allow myself to be, you know, the next richest person in the world like Jeff Bezos is currently. Right, those could be intentions you create, or it could just be as simple as like I allow myself to be happy day to day, moment to moment with the people I love. Woo! <laughs> what a beautiful intention. So now you can make a decision. You can allow something to unfold. You can state a preference. You can say, I enjoy this. I'd be grateful for this. Um, what you're looking to do is remove the term want from your vocabulary and you're taking away the future piece of it. So you're not saying I will have this. Right, so you can say I am or I have. At the same time, you want to take out the will. Any perceived separation, you're stripping away. Because once you get to the point of clarity of, uh, we'll call it enlightenment if you will. That's sort of a heavy word for people to say awakening or just. You only ever live in the moment you live in. And that moment is what we call now. So no matter when something happens, it's happening now. It's just a matter of timing. So is it happening in this now or now that's yet to occur? And when it does occur, it'll be happening in the moment that you then call now. So that's why you remove the future space and you remove the wanting because you already have it now. It's just a matter of when that now occurs. And so as your brain starts to reprogram this, you'll start noticing intentions manifesting faster and faster because you have a relationship with now that dictates it's already here. And then your brain will start saying, wow, it's already here. Where is it? It will start looking for it. And the brain is such a magnificent machine that it will find it. <laughs> and that's what manifestation is. So you got to have responsibility saying, I am responsible for everything I perceive in my physical reality. I'm responsible for choosing my emotional response to everything I see, hear, and feel rather than react. Because if you're reacting then you are not in control of what you're creating. You're actually reacting to an external stimulus and you're letting that dictate your experience. So you got to have the emotional control. 
And if you're saying, well, Josh, how do I get the emotional control? I'll get into that on the next episode. I will offer, you can go Google the work by Byron Katie right now. And she gives you a worksheet on how to let go of some triggers. Now it occurs to me my roommate's getting a little bit loud and you're probably hearing some of it. So I love him. I love the fact that he's connecting with some beautiful people in the world, baby, because it's quarantine, like social distancing don't need to be no thing. Um, and he's, he's, he has a huge heart. So I'm really grateful the experience I get to be with him, get to learn how to connect with people who have a totally different communication style than my own. And, um, just get to enjoy the experience of not being alone while COVID's breaking out. So I think that's really cool too. And I love y'all. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Um, let me just do a quick internal check. Did we cover everything we need to cover about effective intentions? So be clear on your language, remove want, remove will, right? Take out the future, make it an allowing, make it a decision, make it a, an enjoyable experience. And then as you state your intention, it's very likely you'll come up with the, the cue of an emotional block, which is if I say something to the effect of, you know, I allow myself to perform ballet with ease. First thought is like, well, Josh, you've never taken a ballet class. <laughs> so that is a form of resistance or counter intention, as Fred Dodson calls it in his work, Reality Creation Technique, which I highly recommend. So that thought of you hadn't taken ballet is a form of resistance to the intention of I allow myself to do ballet well and with ease. And so it's important as you vocalize these intentions to also vocalize those counter intentions and only do it like three times, repeat yourself three times, maybe five at the most. And then if you still have resistances there, meaning you're not going looking for these thoughts, they just come up in the second you say the thing. It's like, I allow myself to be dance ballet. It's like, well, you better start learning. Right? I'm not thinking about saying that. That's the thought that arises. So that's how I know it's different. Now, if you have like, say an intention of like, you know, I allow myself to have a charming smile <laughs> and you have a reaction kind of like that. <laughs> that's kind of cool. All right. Sorry. That was a new one for me, guys. Um, so if you have a reaction kind of like that, it's kind of true, right? You're, the being of you believes it is taken on to be true. So I say it's kind of true. It's true. So there's people who probably think I have a charming smile. And now I think I have a charming smile because I just made that intention and it resonated. <laughs> and so if there's no thought that comes up and you have that good feeling about it, even if it's not present for you yet, you can have confidence that it will occur. It's just a matter of timing. And the knowing of that is just in the sense of you don't then need to worry about if it's going to occur. It's just like, oh my God, yeah, this thing's happening. And now I get to focus on being here and enjoying the present moment and all these enjoyable feelings that I currently have in the knowing of its occurrence. This is what it will feel like when it occurs. So let me stay in this feeling state because, again, bringing it back to string theory, law of vibration, your emotions are the current that dictates the particle arrangement of these strings, which dictates how the atoms form, which dictates the elements that show up, and the elements make up the physical compounds of our world. So as you hold this emotional space, this point of attraction, the universe will mirror you. And so this is the space of, you know, you hold the space of happiness and happy things come to you without you really having to do much of anything at all. <laughs> it's quite wonderful. 
And if you have questions, if you'd like specific coaching, one-on-one coaching, I do this with people. I help them identify limiting beliefs. I help them work through their blind spots, things that they don't even know are keeping them from the reality they'd love, right? Because if everything already exists now, your dream life exists now. It's just a matter of can you physically see it around what's with what's happening. In today's world, 2020, it's March 2020, like there's a lot that's happening and people don't prefer, <laughs> So let's get clear on what we prefer and let's give you the tools to get it done. So I love you. Take radical responsibility. Be mindful of your language. Strip out want, strip out will. Talk about preferences, right? What you enjoy, what you appreciate, what you're grateful for. And if you can't figure out what that is, look at what you know you you don't prefer and just flip it to the opposite and see if you'd prefer that instead. And you got time. So this can be great work and keep tuning in. I'd love to get feedback, comments, Email questions, Joshua at keenperformancecoaching.com, K-E-A-N-E performancecoaching.com. You guys can find me on Instagram, Joshua D. Keen. And, uh, yeah, feel free to reach out. Uh, Phone number 774-254-2334. You guys can text me, call me, et cetera. If it's a text, it might take me a while to get back to you. And at the same time, I'd love to just connect with other like-minded open-hearted individuals. And I say like mine in the sense of like high energy, high levels of consciousness and open-hearted individuals. So if this is something you're interested in exploring first timer, or you feel like you're an expert and you've hit a plateau and you're looking to break through the next level, let's work together. Let's get you starting to create the life you love because the world needs more conscious creators like you now more than ever. We're here to empower you to take on the next chapter of your life, to continue this glorious evolution of who you are and what it is you're capable of being in this world. So I love y'all. Be well.